0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 81, and our guest is, uh, well, let's put it this way. He's a member of the first family of Michigan State hockey. I think that's, uh, and now you, 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 I know, you think, okay, I know who it is. Former Red Wing. He's here at the uh, Fantasy Camp uh, this week. It's Drew Miller. Let's bring him into the program, and uh, Drew, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. you know, I've always associated with you, as I said, not only Michigan State, but our state of Michigan. And then, lo and behold, when the Red Wings acquired you, because I was always under the assumption that you were born here in Michigan, you're born in New Jersey. I mean, I mean, I know how you were born. I know, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. how did that happen? I mean,
1: yeah, my dad was working out there, and uh, once I was born there, we didn't live there very long, so. I think it's more of a, a birthplace than where your hometown, I think that's where I kind of think things are weird. I always think they should say your hometown, not where you're born. But <laughs> um, yeah, I lived there for I think like maybe five or six months and then we moved out of there. So, so I don't you have,
0: ha- you have no memory of New Jersey no, at all?
1: No memory of New Jersey other than uh, um, I think someone was shooting a music video. Uh, my parents were on the way to the hospital to have me. They had to do a detour around. My dad's like, "Where the hell am I going?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just I have no memory of it. Just uh, other than I was born
0: there, right? So you, I assume, do you move to the Lansing area at five or six months? Do you come back to Michigan? No, we, I think we went to Boston after that. But we,
1: I've I lived in Michigan um, off and on like a lot. We we were in California for a bit. Uh, I've lived in three, four houses in, East, in the East Lansing area, so uh, I, I consider East Lansing my hometown.
0: How old were you when you finally settled back in Michigan?
1: Michigan, I think it was just before kindergarten. and Really? Then, uh, yeah. So I think they moved around more when I was really young, and then settled down, and we kind of moved around Michigan a little bit.
0: Now, from birth, whether it was in New Jersey or living in Boston, maybe California, as you said for a little while, were you always a Spartan? I mean, was that indoctrined in you from the time you can remember?
1: It was. I think uh, if I wasn't wearing green and white or a Michigan State shirt, uh, my mom was not putting me in a blue shirt and yellow pants or anything that had Michigan colors. <laughs> That's pretty much how it was. It was anything was good other than blue and yellow combined. Um, So it's just funny things like that just growing up and uh, when we lived in East Lansing I would go to the Michigan State games on Friday, Saturday nights and we uh, knew all the coaching staff and players. I had cousins playing um, when I was 10, 11, 12. Uh, So we were in the locker room, and it was always around Michigan State Hockey. So that's basically what I grew up around. Yeah, I
0: I called you, and I truly mean this. I don't mean it as, you know, I'm I'm trying to bust your chops or something, but the first family of Michigan State Hockey. How did it evolve? I mean, was it, you know, I I, I remember correctly. I am going off the top of my head. Was it grandparents or something that started it, and then the legacy has just grown?
1: Yeah, so my my grandfather, uh, Butch, came down from Regina, Saskatchewan, Like I don't know exactly, it was like 51, 52, 1951, somewhere around there, and then his brother, so my great uncle Lyle came down, uh, I think he was late 50s, and then uh, my father, and I had five cousins, Kelly, Kevin, and Kip, and then Curtis and Taylor Gemmel, and then my brother and then me, so uh, we got some forwards in there, some D, and two goalies, so
0: um yeah, quite a crew there. What would have happened if you know you're at age, you know you're you're being looked at by Division One colleges, and I know you know you you bleed green and white. You probably the only blue you probably have ever worn in your life were probably blue jeans up till that point, because yeah. <laughs> that's what everybody wears. And you sit down, you have a heart to heart talk with maybe the entire Miller clan, the entire family. You say, you know, I'm not trying to be the black sheep of the family, but I think I want to go to Michigan. What would have happened? Would you have been disowned?
1: No, I don't think I've been disowned, but I think it would have been, uh, yeah I think family family get-togethers probably would be a little awkward. <laughs> but oh, I, In my mind, I always wanted to be a Spartan. I didn't think twice about any other school, let alone Michigan. Um, I think looking back on Michigan now, it's definitely a great school. They have a great hockey program. Um, and I think I think I would have probably fit in there and been and been great, but I, in my mind, it was always Michigan State. It was always wearing the green and white.
0: You know, I had a conversation with Rick Cromley when he was at Michigan State. I was, you know I covered the CCHA for a number of years, uh, and I asked him about social media because it was just starting to come to the forefront. And he told me something. He says, you know. I, and I also had a conversation with Dave Brandon when he was athletic director. He said, "Yeah, we can't really police social media because it's like freedom of speech. I mean, it's, you, know, you can't really, I don't know if we can really put down rules and regulations. And Rick Conley told me that the, what he didn't like was is that all you guys know each other. I mean, I think people tend to forget when you're coming up in the ranks and you're, you know, you're on your way to becoming a pro, there's a weeding out process. You know, People I started off with in radio when I was in my early 20s, most of them are not here now. You know what I mean, and you yep. know how that how that game is played. He says because they, they all know they've all known each other since almost they were little boys. They're constantly like texting or doing. He goes. I think it takes away the competition because you should really have animosity towards your opponent. You were kind of on the cusp of that. I mean, I get that. Do, do you do you understand what he's saying, or do you, do you think that? If you're playing somebody, you know, uh, a week of a game, that you should be texting your rival, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, it's your buddy. I mean, I'm sure you're texting them weeks that you're not playing them too. Right, right. um, I think that most, as far as hockey players, I can't speak for other sports, but I think most athletes in general, when you when you get to the rink or you get to your stadium or wherever you get to, you turn it on, You, you, you dial in. And you're ready to perform because even if your buddy, you have a playing against your whole team of buddies on the other side. If you don't perform, then that's on you and you're going to lose your job. So,
0: do you think social media has changed maybe sports? I mean, the perception of the athlete more guarded or, or because you know, there used to be, you know, the old adage was when I first started covering hockey many, many years ago uh, was. What goes on in the room stays in the room, and I sort of understood what that meant. There's certain things that you know, need to be reported, and then there's certain things that are just part of being a person. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not you know something that I I really even care about. You know, that Drew Miller you know uh, likes the Powerpuff Girls or something. You know, loves cartoons or something. You know, something that you know unless yeah. you want to talk about it. So I, I'm just kind of curious because I've uh, I've always wondered because that comedy thing has stuck with me because. You guys seem to, you know, I used to say when the Red Wings and Avalanche had that huge rivalry, after the game, you know, when the Avalanche would be going to their bus, uh, you know, at, uh, at the Zamboni entrance, basically, they would be meeting with Red Wings. I mean, these guys were just knocking the crap out of each other for, you know, 60 minutes. And, hey, man, how you doing? I mean, yeah. so I guess what you're saying is, is that it doesn't matter because once you're on the ice, it's your job, and if you want to keep that job, you've got to perform.
1: Yeah, I, that's, I think... The, the like the big picture is that i i think mm-hmm. but i think that there's also little situations where there are guys that don't like each other and they they probably would want to fight by the bus maybe other than talk so I, don't, <laughs> I mean i don't i mean i there are situations like that but i think for the most part most people are leaving it on the ice and even if it's your buddy like if i'm playing against my buddy i might not try to go run him through the boards i'm still going to hit him and because I, I mean, if I let him go and he goes down and scores, that's on me. Uh, so, but I think like the social media thing, like I don't have, I have no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram. I have an email address, and that's it, and my cell phone. So I'm not really big on the social media. Right. So I don't see the day to day that's going on out there, the new stuff, and people tweeting about what's going on in the locker room or anything like that. I don't see that kind of stuff as much as, unless it's like in the newspapers. Or online. Well,
0: but. I, you know, I don't mean to, you know, you spurred something. Was there a player or two that got under your skin, or that you know, because you're a very affable, you know, young man and gregarious, and you, you always have been. Even, you know, when when you were a Red Wing and stuff, you know, you always took time out and, and talked to the, you know, talked to people like me. But I'm just kind of curious. Was there just a couple of guys that you were like, ah, don't know. I mean, there's
1: always guys that. I mean, they get under your skin, but if I was after the game or whatever, if I saw him, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Like, there's I never had anyone I wanted to, like, beat the crap out of right, all the from had- the rink. <laughs> like, there was nothing <laughs> like that. You weren't
0: thinking the day of the game, I can't wait to get on the ice and, you know, check so-and-so. No,
1: I mean, nothing like that.
0: I mean, I, I think that nothing in my
1: career that I can really remember, like, that happened to me like something that happened like Draper like I mean when you get yeah, hit okay, from behind well, yeah, if that, I called them you like that that kind of thing like I would still be pissed at that guy too like right. you know that, that kind of stuff sticks with you I didn't have anything
0: like that so um you yeah, know I, I know I'm jumping around because I, I went off on a tangent and I apologize for that because I wasn't planning on even talking to you about it but it just kind of occurred to me and uh, you know as, as the conversation progressed here I want to go back to the Michigan Michigan State rivalry because I used to love it you know, I mean, I you know, uh, I, I, you know, going to Michigan and so many of my friends went to Michigan State. I mean, most of, half of my high school, I think. You know, and um, and but it used to be a little friendly. You know, it was kind of friendly josting or jolstein. You know, hey, yeah, you guys blow or whatever. Yeah, you do too. You know, Maze and blow and you know, uh, farm you or whatever. Moo you or whatever. All that kind of stuff. But it seemed to be good natured. I don't even try to engage in Michigan-Michigan State conversation anymore because it just seems to be way, way too passionate. Um, You're in that rivalry and as much as I know you, you know, first family of Spartan hockey right here, you know, you, you weren't Michigan fans, you made no bones about it, but there is, and I try to tell this to people, there is a respect between at least the guys who are competing against each other. I mean, it's a rivalry, but... You're yeah. kind of all in the same boat, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think like, I think when I was playing at Michigan State, um, it was a little bit different than after I was out and playing pro hockey. Uh, my my whole perspective kind of changed. I think that going into a, a rivalry week, like you couldn't wait for practice on Monday, get going. You couldn't like, you're just excited the whole entire time. Uh, the whole week's a great week. You, you you're cannot wait you get out of the game so intense um yeah you want to you want to beat them up and you want to rough them up and do all that um but I think like once I got out of college hockey then you start playing with guys that played at Michigan and and creating a friendship and um training with them in the summer and you still have that rivalry but it's a uh, it's a little bit more friendly I think you're like you're saying um you're always rooting for your team but there's no like I mean, it's, it's different when you're playing in it than when you're watching it, I think.
0: Um, I want to go back. Getting to Michigan State, I think people don't realize, and you know, there's the assumption, much like uh, other college sports, that some you know, you, you, you graduate from high school, you get a scholarship, or you walk on, or whatever, preferred walk on, all the things, and boom, you know, you're still 18, and, and you're on, on the team. Uh, hockey, Players such as yourself, there's USHL. There's avenues yeah. where you can still be a you know be a freshman at 20 if you want. You yeah. know, some guys are fast track. I think Marty Turco was like 21 when he finally made it to Michigan. I sorry, Mark, Marty, I could be wrong. But uh, you, what was your path like?
1: I played uh, I played juniors in Lansing for I played for two years. As Was like 16.
0: 16 and 17? Yeah. Okay.
1: And then uh, I started my third year of juniors. Uh, so it would be after I took a year off of, after high school I took a year off and just played hockey. I started out in Lansing, playing for the Capital Southern Pride for my third year. And then I got traded to uh, Omaha, Nebraska in the USHL. Um, played there and then I came into Michigan State.
0: The USHL seems to be a real breeding ground in a good go-between, let's say, like, I, you know, I'm, there's so many leagues, but, like, I'm going to say junior hockey, and I know the Canadians out there, it's not that junior hockey, but from junior hockey, the bridge towards college hockey, yeah. is that, is that that's a fair assessment, right? It's, I yeah. mean, USHL is a pretty fine league. Yeah, so I think
1: when I, so the first league I played in was the North American Hockey League, um, and at the time that was considered below the USHL. The USHL has kind of established itself as the top American junior league. Um, So then going from North American League uh, to the USHL, um, I think prepared me to go to Michigan State. And yeah, I mean, I I enjoy my my time in juniors. My first two years, I was lucky enough to live at home. My my parents were my housing family. (laughs) Your billet. My billet were my parents. So that was great to, to be able to Stay in my own high school and and live at home, Um, and then I went to Omaha and I lived with a family. And you get that experience of being on your own. I think that helped not only on the hockey side, but to be like as a young man going into college. I think that prepared me to kind of grow up a little bit before I went to go live with a family
0: and kind of be on your own. You get to uh, you get to Michigan State. You, you know it's, I don't know if it was written on your birth certificate I'm going to be a Spartan but you know but uh, it should have been probably uh, the college experience what a learning curve for it did you acclimate right away I mean this is the team really you grew up watching
1: yeah no, it, it, I definitely I got I was fortunate enough to sign with Michigan State and then defer it uh, defer it a year kind of all in the same in the same city and so I was able to to go in and work out with the team for two summers before my freshman year. So that helped me a lot. I think just being around the guys in the summer, working out with them, um, being around the, the coaching staff a little bit but the train, like the workout guys, and kind of knowing that a little bit, and then um, I think one of the biggest things that helped me was my brother just pretty much had gone through it, so I was able to watch him, because I was playing in Lansing, I was able to watch him and be around it. So I was a little bit more comfortable coming in maybe than than most people.
0: Well, you mentioned your brother, Ryan. Phenomenal, phenomenal college athlete. I mean, goaltender. I mean, you know better than me. (coughs) Yet he's a goalie. I mean, the experience—is is it the same? Is it different? Our goalie is a little bit different. I mean, I know you have a close relationship with him, and you know he's your brother, and you can relate to him. But what was it like? Your, you know, you know—you being a, a forward, and, and him being a goaltender, even though you had a shared experience, or you were about to go with an experience at Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I, th- I definitely think that the success that he had um, definitely—I mean. I, I mean, winning the Hobie Baker and right. having the career he did there was definitely, if I was going to go in and be a goalie, <laughs> I think it would be a lot harder than to go in and be that's a, a forward. That's a great point. Yeah, I think that, I, mean, I know like a lot of people when I went in there, they're like, do you have big shoes to fill And I said, well, no, I'm not a goaltender, I'm a forward, and I'm going to establish myself as Drew Miller. not." Ryan Miller's little brother. <laughs> right. And that was that was kind of. Did my you mindset. ever have?
0: Did you have to fight that stigma, or you know, would, I mean, even though, as you said, he was a goalie, but he was, you know, Hobie Baker winner, uh, you know, premier goalie. I mean, a star in the NHL. Uh, you know, I still feel terrible about you know the Olympics and, and things. Form. Uh, I mean, or did you ever feel like not that you sat there at night and said, God, I wish I wasn't Ryan Miller. Wasn't my brother but I mean did how was that for you?
1: No I I tried to just use it as a positive. Uh, I felt very fortunate that I had a brother that was so successful that I got to watch him and how he handled himself and um, I mean it was a very big learning thing and then when the pressure or people ask the question and it's a matter of only yourself putting that pressure on yourself so I kind of just would push it to the side and say hey you know what Ryan's Ryan and I'm going to be Drew and um, he's a goalie and I'm a forward and uh, I try to just kind of pave my own path at Michigan State, and I think when you really dive into it and you 're with your buddies on the team and you you 're able to push the other stuff the noise aside and just play and have fun and I think that that 's what we did at Michigan State. We had a lot of fun with just playing and going out there and working hard and um, I think that 's what made it successful and, and and I think a lot of the college hockey um, players they you love the game so much, so you're—I you're, mean—you're playing for your jersey, you're playing for your buddies, uh, you're not—you're not playing for a paycheck, uh, so it's a little bit different feeling.
0: I can remember when I was in college, and I got to know several—you know—college athletes. And you know, back when I was in school, Michigan had a really good football team. And I'm really going to date myself, but Rick Leach was their starting quarterback as a freshman. I was a freshman the same year as Rick, and. I used to marvel. I mean, here I am. I'm trying to adjust to school, and you know, and I'm not playing Division One athletics. And I would say, how are these guys able to go to class? And even the, the hockey player, I got to know him, uh, several. Of the hockey player, I got to know all of them because I started covering sports uh, 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 as a freshman while I was at Michigan. And, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, man, I mean, what is trying to balance the books? Academics and athletics, because I mean, do you have time to sleep? I mean, your mind's always on the go. If you're not thinking hockey, you better be thinking biology or whatever you're into.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, that's another thing that uh, I think as a student athlete um, prepares you for life after college, whether it's pros or or just life in general or a job. I think that that's something that uh, I mean. I know at Michigan State they we had a. Um, academic advisor and they get us uh, tutors and they're watching out our our classes and having us uh, turn in reports of like what our grades are and we're doing our work they're they're checking in on us so they keep they hold you accountable but the biggest thing for me was having a planner and writing things down i learned how to, to to manage my time and i think that that's something i really didn't do before going to college and then something i still do today is you write things down you have lists you have a schedule you have Priorities. You put these things down on paper, and and then you you check those things off the list. And I think that that's something to that help me kind of manage my time. And I would get my stuff done. I'd have hockey, and then you have you you have your free time, and you have to have a balance and all that as a college athlete because it's it's easy to to find yourself. Oh, you know, what? I got a, some tests this week, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to go to the bar all weekend with the buddies and stuff and hang out um, after the hockey games and kind of just and be a regular student party and not do this. But you gotta, you got to have some um, self-control and some organization. And I think that that's something I learned at Michigan State is how to balance it all and try to do all, a little piece of everything um, and, and still have the grades to be eligible, be prepared uh, for the games and for practice, and be a, be a kid and be a student and have fun and enjoy my time too.
0: You think playing basically in your hometown helped you out because you already had a bit of a routine because you grew up there, so you kind of knew the environment. Yeah, I think a little bit. I definitely
1: felt comfortable from day one. Um, obviously, there's I had days where I didn't feel comfortable, and there's <laughs> there's situations where I didn't. But I think as a whole, um, but I think also when you're in college, you kind of go into this bubble. Of it's a little world. It's a little mm-hmm. college world. You go into this bubble and you're in there. And, um, and I was very fortunate to play sports because they kind of help and guide you along right. and kind of teach you these things where maybe the, some of the average or normal students don't have unless their parents are doing. They don't have that person right there every day, kind of pushing you along to en- encourage you to do the right things. But no, it's it's definitely that bubble burst when I left pro, or left to go. Pro hockey, so that bubble got a little bigger and a little bit more <laughs> difficult and a little more of a, a real-life situation, but I, I look back at Michigan State, and I loved my time there, and um, I definitely appreciate how it prepared me.
0: Yeah, well, I, I miss the CCHA. I, you know, I'm nothing against the Big Ten Hockey Conference, but I wish the CCHA yeah, was still so around. It's a little weird. I
1: love I loved going to Ferris or Western. I love those games. I mean...
0: Well, the Lawson Looney's, I mean, you get in that penalty box and they're relentless on you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we, we had a good schedule there where you play a home-and-home, and, home and then all of a sudden you're back home by 11.30, so it's not like you're flying all over here, flying yeah. there, this, that. It was, everything was close. You had your, uh, the rivalries with those
0: teams. Well, it gave schools like Ferris, Northern Michigan, Lake State an opportunity to compete with the big guys. I mean, that was their quote-unquote football or basketball team, you know, yeah. I mean, as far as competing on a national stage, you could win a national championship, yeah. uh, and I'm not disparaging Division 1 or 2, 3, whatever they, you know, the, the subdivisions and all that, but, I mean, that, and I always thought that that was great, I mean, you know, like when State would go into Ferris, I mean, that crowd was jacked because Michigan State was there, as well as they were rooting for their Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, for sure, Now it's. um I mean, I mean, D1 school. Like for, at that time, right. I, I had buddies that were signing there, or going there, or doing different teams that were smaller schools, but D1, and everyone always looked at it as D1. Right,
0: right, right. I mean,
1: you're going to play D1 hockey. That, that was a big thing. So it didn't matter how big the school was or how many students there was. It was always just, hey, you're playing D1 hockey. Like right. you're doing good.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, you know, you have a you have a chance. You're going to be looked at. You have a chance at the show. You know. Yeah. Uh, College, you have a wonderful college career, you play on some very good teams, and, uh, you know, and And not only do you have your brother as a support staff, but you have really the entire Miller family because all of you played for Michigan State, yeah. which was probably also a good resource for you.
1: Yeah, I think my cousins, um, Kelly, Kevin, and Kip, when they were playing, well, when I was growing up and I was around the rink when they were in the summers training, uh, they were getting ready for their pro seasons. So I would go and fill up the water bottles and chase the pucks out when they went out of the rink. And then the last 15 minutes, I'd throw my gear on and go out and play with them a little bit when I was a little kid. And I think that that's where I really watched them um, train. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I kind of developed my, more or less, my love of the game was watching them. Um, And and I decided then that I wanted to go to Michigan State. I want to play pro hockey because I'd see... See these guys training and having fun, but working hard, and um, I just wanted to be around that. I wanted, I wanted that's what I wanted to do, and so I was a rink rat growing up, um, filled up a lot of water bottles for those guys, and uh, but you pay your dues and you grow up, and and I think that um, being around it so much just. It, it, I think that helped me just to be around it, just to see it, to watch it, to see how those guys trained. Not a lot of people get to see pro athletes train every day right, right. from a young age, so I think that was just instilled in me for a long time.
0: Yeah, you know, after state, you get drafted by and by Anaheim, or were they the Muddy Ducks back then? Still? They were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what uniform did you wear? Was I wore it was the purple was, and green kind of thing? I didn't
1: wear. I got drafted under the Ma- Mighty Ducks, and then when I ended a plane for them, they were the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so
0: they had changed everything.
1: Yeah, a couple of years, I think one or two, maybe two years before, I think they Disney sold them then.
0: So. You know, again, and I'm going off topic here, but you go from being a Spartan, legendary warriors, you know, I mean, you know, to being a duck. Uh. I think at that point
1: I didn't care what symbol I was wearing. I just wanted to be in the NHL and, and start that journey of uh, pro hockey. So um, it didn't matter who I was playing for. I just wanted to, I wanted to work as hard as I could to, to get to the NHL. And, um, I was fortunate enough to start in the minors and then work my way up in my first year. So I'm um, kind of up and down for a couple more years and then finally establish myself. Uh, with Detroit, so it's it's a lot of hard work, and and uh, it finally pays off.
0: What was that transition like? Each time there is a transition. you know, we always hear. I mean, the the sports cliche. Whenever you talk to a rookie or a guy who, hey, well, so what do you think of you know being in the NHL, NFL? I don't care what sport it is. They all say speed of the game, the pace of the game. I mean, everybody here is good, and everybody here, even though a player might be labeled as slow, he's not slow. Everyone is fast. Is is that truly? The biggest adjustment you have to make
1: yeah, I think just the speed is definitely um, it's not just the speed of i mean it's the speed of play it's not like the individual players skating fast right, right? Right, Cause right. It, the minor leagues is full of really fast players it's just when, like system strong i mean you know, people don't make mistakes because if you do it's going cool in your net that 's how good players are mm-hmm. so yeah, it was definitely a transition and um, I think I just heard the when I got called up and sent down, I try to use being sent down as motivation. And uh, when I was called up, I try to soak up as much as I could and learn as much as I could. Um, it's it's all about learning and getting better. And, and uh, um, it's almost you're trying to be as perfect as you can every single day uh, to stay. So. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a different it's a different uh, lifestyle of, of trying to live up to the expectations of the GM and the coaches, but it's it's definitely one that it was it's worth the day in day out hard work.
0: You know, it's it's a real competitive. Everyone's playing for keeps up here. You as mm-hmm. you just said, you know, you're playing to keep that job. Yeah. Uh, I know you form a bond with some guys, but some guys you're in competition with. Were there? Someone besides your family, because you have a great support system. We, we know that. And you've had your whole life just because of you come from a hockey family. But were there guys that, you know, whether it was a coach, a trainer, somebody that kind of gave you a little bit of a, a path? Not so much a mentor, it's just a, a sounding board type of person. Yeah,
1: I, I would say a lot of the assistant coaches that I had in the NHL um, were, were great to me. Um, Brad McCrimmon was amazing um, Tony Tony Granados and other guy it was great um, I look back on on uh, like soaking up as much as I can from them because I think sometimes a head coach can't always talk to everyone all day long or this they got a they got a big job to do but the assistant coaches I think were able to be more personable and and uh, and definitely my penaltyko coach coaches were the ones that I spent a lot more time with so
0: uh, when you talk about that relationship, is that a relationship if you needed a kick in the pants they would give it to you or if you needed, you know, as courty as it sounds, you know, just put their arm around you and say, hey, don't worry, man, I'm telling you right now, Drew, you're, doing, I think you're was, doing
1: fine. I think it was a both, both. I mean, that's one thing as, a, as an athlete, you have to be able to take the, the criticism um, and I think it's, it's a good thing to be criticized sometimes because it motivates you. Um, at least for me, it was a good thing. Right. Maybe not all the time, but you try to use it and spin it in a positive way and, and, and motivate yourself. So, yeah, I, I took the criticism in stride and, and, and tried to uh, soak it up and, and, and use it. And then, uh, and definitely, I think that you sometimes you need a pat on the back, and because uh, there's not a lot of support <laughs> in pro sports. You, gotta, you, you are your own buddy and your own uh, cheerleader, and uh, you have your family and uh... your friends uh... away from the rink to kind of help build you up but you gotta be you gotta have th- uh, thick skin and, and uh,
0: uh... be able to brush things off when uh... i want to skip ahead because we're spending a lot of, i'm really enjoying this by the way i have to tell you drew i mean i i'm a really it's a it's a real insightful uh... And heartfelt conversation I, I do appreciate your time and, and your candor in this um, you get to detroit you're traded to the red wings now at that point you know, I know that you know, you're know you Michigan State guy and all that kind of stuff, but I, I would assume if you followed professional sports as well, and you're probably a sports fan, getting traded to the Red Wings, that's kind of like being traded to your hometown team. doesn't get much better than playing for Michigan State in college, and then bam, you're playing NHL hockey with the Red Wings.
1: Yeah, that was great. Um, actually, Detroit picked me up off waivers from Tampa, so right. I didn't get traded. But right, right, right. So that, right. <laughs> It was even better. You're in a tough situation, not knowing what's going to happen, and then you get picked up by your hometown team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, like I said, I was a, mostly watched Michigan State growing up. I watch I watch NHL hockey on TV with TV with my dad, and I had cousins playing um, growing up in the NHL, so we'd watch them. Um, but yeah, coming to Detroit was it was awesome. I mean, uh, being able to play in front of my friends and family. My wife's family was all from around Detroit, huge hockey fans. So, from both sides of the families, uh, there was a lot of excitement, and, and so, I mean, and to play for Original Six team and with some of the guys that were on the team at the, at the time when I just came in, was like looking around the locker room. I'm like, oh my god! Like I get to like, eat in the locker room, this guy and uh, this guy and this guy. Like oh my god! Like, so it was pretty like eye-opening experience, and um, I was fortunate enough to have a similar experience with Anaheim, uh, both those teams, I think. I don't know how many Hall of Famers there are between them, but uh, I mean, playing with like Timo Solane, Scott Niedemeyer, Chris Pronger, and Anaheim, and a bunch of other right, guys right. are amazing. Right. And then to come to Detroit and have Lidstrom, Holmstrom, Draper, Maltby, Osgood, I mean, Dadsu, you. To come into that locker room and being like, oh my God, like this is amazing, like it's Do, it's kind of a surreal thing to come back to the Red right Wings, such a great history of a team, and then to have these players and then be like, wow, I'm I'm on this team. now. it was it's a pretty cool feeling.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you, you know as, as we talked about your brother Ryan and your relationship with him, obviously he's you know Hall of Fame goaltender. I mean, I, I you know I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame. You know my own Hall of Fame maybe, but I think he's a Hall of Fame goaltender, so you know what an elite level player is. You know, you, you can see from him and the way he's conducted himself, the way his career, the good and bad, and the ups and downs, but do you learn something from those elite levels? You mentioned some of these guys. Is there a way that they conduct themselves? Do you try to be a sponge? Even though your brother, I'm sure, has probably influenced you more than any of them, but still, what what is it like when you walk into a room like that? And you say, "This is a great opportunity for me not only to be play, but to learn." Yeah,
1: I definitely. I was. I didn't speak too much at first. <laughs> I try to just take in as much as I can and just to watch their um, how they uh, conduct themselves, how they prepare for games, how they play in the games. Uh, you just watch all those little things that they do and try to learn as much as you can. Um, yeah, I had, I had some some really good players that meant a lot to me in my career um, in Anaheim and in Detroit. Brad May was awesome to me. Oh, wow. He was a he was a great teammate, a great guy. Um, I learned a lot from him. I sat next to Todd Bertuzzi in Detroit. I uh, learned a lot from him and and just saw how he did things. Um, he was really good to me, so. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other players I could say that about, but those are two guys that really stuck out in my career that um, I spent a lot of time with them. And...
0: You, uh, you, know, you obviously impress, and I, I think what's interesting about you is, in, in a way, you, you know, Babs is a coach, and he liked you, which is a good thing to yeah. have a coach that like you, especially yeah. a coach like that. Um, do you think that you, it's because of your grit, because of your determination, because of your Uh, just because of who you are, I mean, that was something that he, you know, he saw something in you, and I would imagine that, regardless, you you need somebody like that, right, during your career, somebody who really says, not takes a chance on you, that's a poor, poor thing that I'm trying to say, and I don't, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, uh, say that, I'm just saying that somebody says, "You, you know what, Drew Miller's a player, and I want him on my team.
1: Yeah, I think my biggest thing that I tried to be was consistent throughout my career, and I think the one thing that Babs really liked about me and whoever I was playing with on that fourth line was he knew what he was going to get from us every night. And he could count on that, and he can, didn't have to worry about us. And I think that that's something he liked, and, and that's something I tried to to bring every day and have that consistency and then try to build off that and still play offense and, and do to contribute to the team with points as well as penalty kill and that fourth line role so it's it's not a glitz and glamour role but you know what um i enjoyed doing it i enjoyed being a penalty killer um a lot of guys don't want to be on the penalty kill they want to be on the power play i actually like that side of the game and and uh and be on the penalty kill so um kind of fell into that role and and uh and tried to be the best i could at that role and I think that's, he liked the fact that he could count on me and count on my, on my linemates. You
0: know, it's interesting. Years ago, a, a former Red Wing left, won a Stanley Cup, came back, and I asked him what the difference was between the team that he had just won the Stanley Cup with and the Red Wing teams that were always very good but just coming up short. And he said trust. He said trust in your teammate. You know, the coach obviously has to have trust in you or you wouldn't be in the lineup. And, and I think you know you're making some great points today, by the way. Uh, and I, I really hope people are listening to this because you're really offering a real true depiction of what it's like. And, uh, uh, and he said, but the problem is, is that sometimes if you don't trust your teammate, you end up doing their job. Overcompensating for them, meaning you're not doing your job, and before you know it, you have chaos on the ice, and no, you're not going to win. Yeah. Um, how important? I mean, the Red Wings had a system, and they had you know, and I understand that they had very good players, they had very good coaches, but if you don't trust the guy next to you, then you're not going to go very far.
1: Yeah, we had a pretty veteran team. Um, I think at one point, I think I was like one of the youngest guys, and I was like 25, <laughs> and I'm like, um, so yeah, it's. Uh, we definitely had that veteran presence on the team, and we had guys that were that were winners, won the Stanley Cup. I mean, you guys had, had very successful careers, uh, but I think the one thing that um, the coaching staff and Babs always tried to instill in us, do your job, do it well, mm-hmm. and uh, he would prepare us each game. And I thought that's one thing that Babs separates himself mm-hmm. from a lot of coaches, and that's why he's the highest paid coach out there, is I think... He prepared us and prepares his teams to play very well. And I just felt like every game we went into, we, as a Red Wing, we expected to win, and we were prepared to win. And that's kind of how we approached. We didn't always win, but that was our mindset going into the game was we were going to win this game.
0: Yeah, when you look back at your time here in Detroit, what, what stands out? What, 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 you, know, when you, when you, you know, when you're a little bit older, a little bit grayer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> every year, a little bit more. Yeah, well, I, I always tell people my hair is blonde. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting around, you're talking to your kids or whomever, and uh, you know, they're saying, what, what was it like? You know, what, what, what would you tell them about? Maybe even life in the NHL, life as a hockey player, but specifically playing, and I'm going to say it, your hometown team or as close to your hometown as possible. I think like, the
1: thing that always stands out to me is just people that you played with um, there are some big games and stuff like that but I think more or less it stands out is, um, the people you played with and um, the stories about some of the great players And everyone wants to always know about how sick that was and I'm like well you know what might as well sit down I got a lot of stories about how sick he was like, <laughs> and he wasn't always doing any games Like he did some of his amazing stuff uh, in practice and just make people look stupid and it's things like that that I always look back at as it. the individual players and the experiences you have with your teammates and um, yeah I mean life as a hockey player is it's tough but it's also great I mean it's we travel on private jets and stay at nice hotels and um, eat nice dinners at steak houses and stuff like that but then there's also the grind of traveling late at night after games. Um, being gone a lot playing four games in a week uh, stuff like that where you're like you're putting your body through through the ringer but I enjoyed every second of it the ups and downs were, were amazing and, and, and difficult all in the, all in the same um, same time so no it's it was it's great I mean' it's, it's the best league in the world for a reason
0: well last year he uh, had a tryout with Chicago and then you end up playing in the Swedish Hockey League but for a team in Switzerland. No, I was oh. in Swedish Oh, no, 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 yeah, I'm, in, I'm no, uh, uh, uh Ber- or? Uh,
1: well, Bernis is the team, that is in Javla in Sweden. Yeah, I, I went yeah. to Chicago's camp, I had a really good camp, but they mm. decided to go with their young guys, um, which a lot of teams are right now, which, right. well, yeah, we know that here. No, no hard feelings, I was appreciative for the opportunity and and uh um yeah with the to, to Sweden and then I'm back and I'm done with hockey now
0: <laughs> so well you know it's interesting because uh, Dana Dana Wakiji wrote a story that's on our website detroitrebels.com yesterday and it you know I thought it was really a compelling a compelling read and I urge everyone to read it because you're kind of in a you seem to be very philosophical and in a transition right now, I mean, it's like. It's a huge it, transition.
1: Yeah, this, is a, this is the. I'm in a transition of like nothing I've ever experienced, which I'm very excited about. I've played hockey my whole life, and now I'm not going to do it in the same way and do it for fun with my buddies at times. Right. But I'm, I'm taking this time to just enjoy life. Enjoy my family, just relax. Not put pressure on myself to jump into a job, and not enjoy and look around and kind of take a second for myself. And I think that that's what I'm doing right now. It's just kind of, it's a transition, but it, I, I don't necessarily have to transition into something right now. I'm just gonna kind of, kind of hang out and kind of look at options, and and that's. I think that, that I've worked really hard to give myself the opportunity to take some time. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting, it's a little bit nerve-wracking part of time of my life, um, but it's great. i got a two-year-old little daughter. I'm around all the time, so it's, I'm not missing out on that. Um, my wife, she likes having me home, but she also wants me out of the house, too. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's great. We, uh, we get a chance to just enjoy enjoy a lot going on so um, life life will move on and, and, and things will move forward and things will figure themselves out but for now I'm enjoying life.
0: Yeah I'm not going to ask you you know what's the next step for you where you're going to be I mean you know, like you said you've earned this time to take your time and figure yeah. out what you want to do next uh, do you see hockey in your future as far as maybe coaching or or, or something of that, or do you think you know what? I've done the hockey thing, and I love it, and I'm appreciative. It's given me the life that I enjoy. But, you know, maybe, maybe there's something else for Drew Miller out there. Yeah.
1: Right now, um, I'm not going to go the hockey route right now. I'm not saying maybe in the future that I could, but right now, I just, I didn't want to jump back into the same schedule and lifestyle of being gone and at the rink all day long and. So it's just something a little different. Um, the I think as a, a, a coach or the management side, you're almost at the rink and working harder than as a player. So I think that um, for now, I'm not, I'm not saying never, but for now, uh, hockey is not. No, not my future for now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you just got done playing. Uh, do, are, are you going to be like a Red Wing fan now, or are you going? Do you look at the team? Do you have any opinion on what? Because this team is going through a transition. I think fans are excited to see Philip Zadina in a Red Wing uniform, or Michael Rasmussen, some of the younger guys, and obviously Dylan Larkin uh, signing the the, the five year deal. There there seems to be a nice little core that's coming together. Do you, do you have any thoughts on, this, on the Red Wings situation?
1: No, I mean, I'm mean i definitely going to be a fan. I got a lot of the, my good buddies are still on the team and, and guys I keep in contact with so I always I, mean, I want the best for them and I want the best for the team and um, yeah I, mean, I, I live locally too so hopefully I'll get to a couple games this year but as far as my opinion I don't have an opinion on the team um, because I don't think my opinion really matters anymore. As far as uh, well, fans'
0: opinions matter, just ask them. You know, I mean. Oh, no, I'm not.
1: I, everyone can have their opinion, but I, I just think that uh, I'm just excited for for uh, the transition for them and, and see where it goes. And I have I have nothing bad to say about it. I, I just, no, I'm I just, not asking to criticize. No, I, just, I know. am you know, we'll just, 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 just following I'm just, you just, what it. You know I'll good. follow and watch and see how things. Play out and, and all that, and it's an exciting time um, just for myself to see the rink and see the locker room and see all the amenities. Uh, uh, what a difference! I, mean, right. I miss the Joe, uh, but this is it's really nice here,
0: right? It, de- it definitely is really nice here now. Uh, Drew Miller, I want to thank you for being on the Red and White Authority. I, I want everyone to know all your Spartan clan, all your Spartan friends, your family, and all that you are wearing a green shirt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't planned that way, but
0: <laughs> it's not a Michigan State shirt, but it's still green. Yeah, uh, you know, thank you very much. I really enjoyed At the all. conversation. Best of luck to you. You know, it. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm hoping that this journey that you're about to be on is as fulfilling as your hockey career was. Thank you. Very I appreciate that. Uh, thanks.